break draft trade so like welcome back whatever questions that are going through your head those are great things to ask that lead you to the answer for who to pick if you don't know because i'm still trying to like wrap my head around what happened nfl draft happened your rookie drafts kicking off shortly if not already we're gonna do a rookie draft sounds good i'm down let's roll into it then had a couple people ask me to hang out Friday night, and I said, sorry, I'm watching the draft. That was amazing. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. <laughs> Break draft trade. That sound. Fabulous. So as far as this pod goes. Gaskin, that's fine. Who? I know people forget about it before James Williams can play again. I'm not hearing this. Hearing what? <laughs> This discussion of Amon Ra. Why did you choose him as the example? Because he's rubbing it in. <laughs> Fabulous. You have until the end of September to sell Amon Ra. I'm not selling him. He's not for sale. <laughs> Fabulous. It's gonna be amazing. I'm not having this. Are you saying I'm too left? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> the clothes, maybe, but not the not the voice. My clothes. <laughs> I'm just uh, giving you giving you some crap. Henry! Can I knock you off balance for the rookie draft? Great. Now I need to go change. <laughs> the clothes, maybe, but... Henry, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. <laughs> That's good. That sounds nice. That's good. Yeah, you sound good. Cool. I thought you sounded fabulous. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Great. That's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my comment when he was drafted is... Who? That was actually not fun, but <laughs> I thought about it. I do like the results. Mm. Fabulous. A lot of rookies got snagged like 30 picks before I was going to take them, and that was throwing me off. Like, dude, Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller. I had a guy take Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller second. I had a guy take Malik second. Like, what is going on? Fabulous. Yeah. And we asked him, like, hey, did you mean to pick him? He's like, yeah, I'm a Tennessee fan. I didn't want to miss the opportunity to draft him. What? <laughs> Okay. I mean, I, I, my plan was to grab a wide receiver there at my pick, and then I was like, all right, well, quarterback just sit here. Listen, I just need a moment of silence for Amon Ra, please. I do like the results. Everyone said it all offseason that Amon Ra was going to get a lot of added competition. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know yet, though. We, do we know. don't know. We do know. Yeah. I am channeling the power of positive energy. You, you can do that all you want. When you take a big win on a player, when you get a guy late, you get a guy to value, and you're excited. And he does ball for your team. You know what you do? You trade him because he's not doing it again. So high. That's what you gotta do. You're such a dream killer. Guys are all dream killers. Papa can't have nice things. No. 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 He takes all my fun away. (laughs) Yeah. He sells them. That's great take. Keep going. Why are you laughing at me? Scorching hot. Hot takes. Hot takes. She's on fire. Heaven's bells rang when David Bell got third round draft capital. Skymore could have gone where his future could have been partly cloudy, but it's <laughs> it's completely sunny for Skymore. <laughs> You're such a dork. <laughs> I love it. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. 
In this past week, we watched the NFL rookie draft take place. We are actually about to get started on our own mock rookie draft. As always, I'm joined by three of the best fantasy brains in the business. Some days he's Clark Kent. Today, we hope he's our Superman of rookie knowledge. Mr. 5'9", Henry St. Clair. Well, what an introduction. Not the only Henry that plays Superman. I'll take second place to Henry Cavill on that one. Not quite that good looking, I will admit. The father of fantasy, our papa of the pod, <laughs> our king of Keontae, Mr. <laughs> fantasy Magic Mike. All right, that one was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was on point with these today, but they're sounding all right. <laughs> no, they're sound, They're definitely sounding great. Oh, I got to say hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, Mike. And of course, my partner in crime, the spreadsheet master, the ultimate Iowa fan, the Nick of football knowledge, Mr. Nick James. I hope you all enjoyed the NFL draft as much as I did. I had trouble going to sleep the night before. I woke up early feeling like it's Christmas. Each night, uh, a little mini draft party. This is like the best time of year because of what follows it. The big old rush of rookie drafts. These guys are not joking when they say that they were excited for this rookie draft because I've never seen so much enthusiasm. Being on the inside of this crew is a lot of fun to watch because you get to see how much they truly love football and fantasy football. It is definitely entertaining. Had a couple people ask me to hang out Friday night, and I said, "Sorry, I'm watching the draft." I did the same thing. I, I just, <laughs> of course, of course my wife went out to work. I went and got myself. I got myself a twelve pack. I got some Chinese food. Sat on the couch, and I was just that's that's where I was. And I couldn't look at my phone because I wanted to watch and actually, you know, see the picks. And some of you guys were ahead, mm-hmm. spoiling them on me. Yeah, Jack seems to live in the future somehow. Yeah, I was jokingly like predicting picks. I was like, oh, the Giants took Evan Neal. Yeah, no, you were, <laughs> but like, uh, what was it like? Uh, Tank was actually getting him off of Twitter or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or he was in the future, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I was pretty annoyed because I had been waiting for Malik the entire time to get super excited. And then somebody (laughs) totally spoiled it. And I was like, are you kidding me? I have waited this whole time. And it was like finding out the ending of a movie. And I was like, oh, I just wanted that moment when they said his name. And I heard it for the first time. But that was my big takeaway from the draft was one of the NFL GMs. I believe it was the Panthers GM. And I'm not familiar with his name. I know the owner's David Tepper and the coach is Matt Rule. But their GM was interviewed. And he basically, I think it's Scott something. He was interviewed and he said, they were asking about Malik Willis at six. Like, you know, do you like any? quarterbacks at six there's a lot of rumors about Malik Malik Willis and he's like a lot of you are going to be shocked on Friday (laughs) it's like you know our board does not have that guy on it he's also the same guy that allegedly (laughs) said he was comfortable with two different quarterbacks at six (laughs) yeah that that was something that was said for sure you said it what it was like watching a movie waiting for Malik Willis to get drafted but it was like watching a movie that had cliffhangers at the end of each of the three sequels and each of the sequels got worse and worse (laughs) (laughs) my favorite part was watching Chisco get tacos. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got to be on uh, Iowa and Chisco were hanging out on StreamYard. Yeah, so. I joined them a little later that night and I got some food as well. Yeah, you just you just missed me. Uh, I know you're sad about that. I get Henry. smart, missed about that much. Yep. Yep. 
Just missed me well, by that much. I'm ready to kick off this four-person draft with no tacos in this league. Who? Oh. Didn't Taco 86 join our draft? Yeah, he did. No, he did. <laughs> Taco. Yeah, T-A-C-O, yeah. uppercase, comma, S. Uh, <laughs> uppercase. Who's the guy that brought Tua to the second round from, like, the ninth? I don't know what the hell happened there. I thought I was high on Tua. <laughs> Every league has a taco. Yep. <laughs> Still taking the league like the draft didn't happen. Start taco. Oh, yeah. I'll be your taco in this league if you want me to go ahead and start it. So, with that being said, let's kick this draft off. You guys are excited. I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to get through it. Oh, we will. All right, Iowa, kick us off. One of the few things that didn't change from the pre-draft process to the post-draft process is Brees Hall in contention for 1.01, and I think that basically is solidified. Landed on the Jets, man. Jets had a lot of picks, but they like absolutely slayed this draft. They gave Zach Wilson all kinds of new toys. Uh, I think the Jets arrow is pointing up, and they get one of the youngest players in this class and the best RB in this class in Brees Hall. So, so Selecting at Brees Hall at the 1.01. Shocker! Yeah, there's no question there. He just goes at one. Nobody else is going at one. It's There's no one else that we're expecting to see there. For clarity, this is a Superflex draft. Yep, Superflex, PPR, no tight end premium for us as well. Correct. Correct. Awesome. Yeah, on the board at the 102, uh, I think Kenneth Walker should be unanimous selection there. He won the Dokes Award for best running back last year in college. He went to Wake Forest his first two years of college. Didn't put up awesome production there. Had a outlier number of touchdowns the sophomore year and then completely broke out of Michigan State as a transfer was awesome I think he's right up there with Brees Hall as far as pure talent as a runner goes obviously doesn't have quite the pedigree as Hall they both ran a high four eight or four threes a four three eight and four three seven uh, landed on Seattle with Chris Carson possibly being forced into retirement with a neck injury and Rashad Penny on a one-year deal I think Seattle's gonna be a run first team as they've always wanted to be with Drew Locke still their quarterback one could uh, arguably be a better spot than New York Jets, just if history tells us anything with the teams. Yep, and Kenneth Walker kind of killed Penny there. Same way Brees Hall, I think, kind of uh, killed your boy Michael Carter. Yeah, I saw him go for a third rounder yesterday in a Ooh. trade. I think that's a bit of an overreaction. Mm -hmm. The Jets, obviously. Just a little. Sorry, Mike LaFleur, rather, as the offensive coordinator. Obviously, the brother of Matt LaFleur, and they used A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones pretty interchangeably. I think you could see Carter and Brees get a little more of a split than people are expecting i could definitely see that i don't think carter's dead i'm definitely not selling for a third <laughs> no i would not yeah we're gonna get to some of these guys that are gonna be in prime cuff status here later in this draft and i think that's where michael carter and even maybe penny falls here's where it gets interesting the one of the three this is yeah kind of where the draft starts <laughs> i'm going with picket well, if you pick it, you will be. Yep. I'm picking it at Pickett. Okay, hold on. I, of course, I just, I, I'm looking over there at Garrett Wilson, and I was like reading what I was going to say, and then I'm like, that's not the cue. <laughs> you can take him if you think he's the better pick. I mean, he looks like a good pick, but quick question. So you guys went running backs first two. So say you're going into this and you've got two, three really good running backs. Is there any chance you're going top end wide receiver or are you just taking best value here? 
I will take the value in this scenario specifically, especially. Yeah. In that scenario, I'm definitely taking the running back value. I'm not taking the wide receivers. The only way that would change is if it's a wide receiver premium league somehow, but scoring or your league just does not trade, and I usually don't have that problem. Okay. Yeah, or that one weird 16-teamer we played in last year where there was one RB spot and, like, three wide yeah. receivers, maybe if I already have two or three stud RBs. I mean, yeah, I'm in a... Uh... But even then, you should be able to trade yeah. either one of those for any of these next yeah. wide receivers plus. You'd like to but think in so. a standard format, I'm always taking these two running backs there. They both profile to be absolute studs. Okay, for my pick, I am going with the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Kenny Pickett. So Pittsburgh goes out all in on Kenny Pickett for their pick. This was a team we had discussed in previous podcasts about a awesome landing spot for quarterback because they don't have anybody that was really going to be a future there. Kenny Pickett out of pit so he doesn't have to travel very far so that's exciting for him so that's who i'm going with at the 103 here's to hoping that that is the future of the steelers there i like it the only quarterback that goes in the first round if you look at what our top 32 quarterbacks are currently in our ranks as far as the vets 25 percent of them were not picked in the first round meaning the vast majority of them were first round picks and of those it's like you know tom brady dak prescott the extreme outliers so you know when you're not a first round draft pick at quarterback there's a lot of odds that are stacked against you things that could be in your favor if you were a first round draft pick things that Kenny Pickett will have and I think it makes him a safe a safe investment Tomlin said that they thought he was a ready to go package will be given the opportunity to compete for the week one starting job all these things known especially in a super flex league like we're doing here I love the pick of Kenny Pickett all right here's where the draft actually starts yeah this is where the draft actually starts where actually there are tiers I mean, a super flex league at three, you're going to want to take a quarterback. I know none of us were high on Pickett pre-draft, but he got the capital. He got the landing spot. No one else did. And that's where the value is going to be. Here, the next two players I'd be considering, I kind of have a tier, like a tier together. I'm going to end up going with Drake London here. Love this profile pre-draft. And he got the draft capital and he got a landing spot with absolutely no competition. They have pits at tight end. At wide receiver, they got practically no one he's gonna put up numbers he's gonna go ahead and get a high volume targets even his rookie year and i think he's just gonna blow up couldn't fault you taking probably who i was gonna take next here in this spot i do switch him up a little bit but for the most part i'm going london at the 104 i like it and when you were talking about london in the previous podcast you talked about how he was just absolutely pummeled with targets there's a good chance that atl could do that considering when auden tate and alameda zacchaeus are your competition at wide receiver yeah you've got kyle pitts there of course course Cordero Patterson and then somebody we'll get to later added as well to that backfield but yep it seems pretty wide open the door to be the number one wide receiving option there yeah. and with that really high-end first round draft capital you gotta love it you know I'm like I'm, like I said he's in a tier with me with one other guy who I think you'll probably end up taking and that's the only time I'm okay with kind of switching players based on landing spot capital is really important and there's the guy if you get a great landing spot and you have two guys that are in the same tier together that's when you can kind of move them in a draft. You don't take a guy from two tiers down and then move him up because he went to a team you like or a spot you like. Someone else who got first-round draft capital, Traylon Burks. Big shocker on day one as A.J. Brown gets sent to the Eagles and they send their pick to Tennessee where they pick 
their new A.J. Brown. Similar argument to what you can make for Drake London, that there isn't just amazing competition there to take it away from him. Now I think Robert Woods is probably better than any of the competition that ATL has for London, you know, maybe outside of Pitts. But as far as that wide wide receiver position specifically, they have some tight ends, but no one who's just like a tremendous receiving threat. There, he, has, he has a chance to just be the guy there going forward. So him and Drake London separate themselves, I think, a little bit from the other wide receivers, being that those who they have to compete with to be able to be the main threat for an offense. And I don't know if Tennessee is going to be really awesome. I know ATL probably isn't going to be that great. I don't think either team is a team that I'm just like super excited about, but I couldn't fault you for going either way. If you wanted Traylon Burks over Drake London or the other way around, just a little bit more than who Henry probably is going to take here next, just simply due to who he has to play with on the opposite side of the field. Yeah, I think you guys nailed the top five picks. I certainly liked London and Burks more than the next group of guys pre-draft and post-draft with landing spots. I think they got the best ones. Definitely leaves me with a bit of a dilemma here. I have a receiver that I liked more coming out who didn't necessarily get my favorite landing spot. And then I got a guy that I like the landing spot of a lot. And then a guy that's kind of ambiguous to me. Guess I'll go with Garrett Wilson. I like it. New York Jets wide receiver, 10th overall pick in the draft, ran a 4-3-8. Obviously had great production at Ohio State. Certainly in contention with a couple other Ohio State products or former Ohio State products. He's going to be the number one in New York. Corey Davis has a significant out after the year, won't be around much longer. Elijah Moore is a prototypical slot guy, which he can finally slide into that role, it would appear. Then Uzama at tight end, and, you know, Brees and Carter at running back. Like you said, they're putting together quite the offense. Hope the offensive line is good enough to buy them some time. Did Garrett Wilson open? It's Zach Wilson sometime. Yeah, I know Garrett Wilson was a lot of people's wide receiver ones. He was not mine, but I can understand why people like him for sure. Definitely the best Wilson on the Jets. <laughs> I'm still seeing him getting picked over London and Burks in certain drafts. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of drafts going on right now, so I do see, still see, see some people taking him 103, 104, and that's just a difference here for me. Today we saw someone take Zach Wilson at the 203 well over Lawrence and Fields, and it wasn't me, so no. <laughs> that happened today. Yeah, it did. Over Lance, too. Yeah, that I understand. Crap. What? I, <laughs> wait a minute. Never mind. No, I think I'm good. Wait. Isn't Williams next on that? Mm -hmm. He can be. Okay. As long as you go with someone who's played for Ohio State before, you can't go wrong. Or someone that played anywhere else not named Western Michigan. So, Jamison Williams here, right? Yeah, it's a good pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. For sure. I like it. For my pick, I'm going with Jamison Williams, who was drafted by the Lions. They actually traded up to get Williams. Mm -hmm. Williams is out of Alabama. A little bit of an interesting pick by the Lions, because they seem to be pretty set with Mr. Amon Ra St. Brown, <laughs> who is one of my favorites, of course. Like, so I figured, why do they need a wide receiver when he can do it all? They had gotten DJ Chark, and they have Hawkinson over there. But Williams is coming in, probably going to be their wide receiver one, which I don't really want to admit, but I will, because I might be eating crow in the upcoming season. He did tear his ACL back in January, so there's a little bit of a question mark as far as healing goes when he's coming back. Mm -hmm. Will he be ready for the start of the season? Crossing my fingers 
Raiders. Not sure he will be, but that's all right. Amon Ra's got it until he gets there. <laughs> if you want a victory lap, you might have that opportunity the first couple weeks because Jameson Williams may not be back. Amon Ra Listen. may be snapping off, and you can take your victory laps then and then Thank forget you. about it. I think Jameson he's expected in like October. Current reports are a training camp. He might be ready. <laughs> he might have the Sammy Watkins week one, Amon Ra, yeah. the famous. Hopefully you can sell high off the week one. <laughs> But I'm pretty excited about this pick. I'll take Williams here. I think the Lions are excited too. The only question mark is, of course, he has Jared Goff throwing to him. Yep. Which is a little gross. But we're gonna we're gonna hope that Williams can fight through the grossness and be a top wide receiver. <laughs> well, Jimmy and Mayfield are still out there, so there's still hope for QB upgrade if you would consider those as um, such. Yeah. Definitely Mayfield. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mayfield. Definitely. I mean, Baker would like that opportunity considering his door closed in Carolina pretty quick. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Lions because they have John Dorsey who drafted him first overall when he was in Cleveland. I think that just makes a ton of sense for them to be <laughs> interested. Like, Because if he's not, then... If he's not, then no one <laughs> might be. But... I mean, I really don't see that at all. I mean, could you imagine being the GM that takes Baker Mayfield first overall? And not only do you, do you fuck up once, then you like trade for the guy and you double down <laughs> you double down <laughs> you trade for him <laughs> and unlike daniel jones he got his fifth year option exercised so there's that listen i just need a moment of silence for amon Ra, please <laughs> <laughs> this pick. Oh. everyone said it all off season that amon Ra was gonna get a lot of added competition yeah yep we don't know yet though we, do we don't know. know we do know yeah. i am channeling the power of positive <laughs> energy you, you can do that all you want when you take a big win on a player when you get a guy late and you get a guy to value and you're excited and he wins you games and he does well for your team you know what you do you trade him because he's not doing it again so high that's what you gotta do <laughs> unless he's darnell you're to the such money. a dream killer guys are all dream See, killers Papa can't have no. nice things no no he takes all my fun away <laughs> he sells them you get him on raw and then you sell him for this pick yeah. here that i'm about to make and you improve there you go this is why i have emotional connections with some of these characters okay <laughs> characters hey i i understand at least hanging out there hoping that he doesn't get competition because a lot of people thought mooney was going to get some competition mm. and that didn't happen so yeah, yeah with what draft capital was that True. question but, I mean, even pre-draft, I mean, he, they, they got Shark. Not like they got no one else there. And then, on top of that, they draft a wide receiver early. At best, wide receiver three and maybe target five on that team behind Hawk and Swift. That's why I'm having a moment of silence. Anyway, moving right along. You guys, is it funny that that one landed on me? Like, I just <laughs> happened to pick the one there. Mm-hmm. Here, what, why don't you tell the people how you feel about that? I did. <laughs> I just did. You didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. I love Ve this next pick. Ula Olave. Olave, not Olave. Olave. Yeah. Follow up GMO. So that sounds like a hair product. I can understand the confusion. Yeah, I'll follow up uh, GMO <laughs> with uh, Jump Ball Jameis's probable number number one target with Michael Thomas there. He's fast. He got the early capital. Thinking back to when Jameis was on the Bucks and he produced a huge season with Evans and Godwin and I kind of see that happening over here in the Saints. They still have Kamara, maybe Thomas back on the slants, and then you have
have the downfield threat, kind of like an Evans type down the field, and that's exciting. Yeah, it could be Evans and Godwin sort of uh, reincarnated with Olave and Thomas. Uh, also interesting that they traded away next picks or next year's first to get 16 and 19, and then traded up again to get Olave right after. That was their target. Right after Garrett Wilson went, they were like, okay, London Wilson. Maybe they didn't like London, but it seems like Wilson was the launching point. But like Wilson went, we want one of the Ohio State kids, and he's the one left. We hypothesized that they might be moving up for a QB, even though it seemed a little unlikely considering the things they were saying. What it looks like now in hindsight is that they just wanted to get in on this wide receiver run that happened at the beginning of the first round. Which is a little strange that they were so reactionary like that, and then they let all the quarterbacks fall anyway. The Lions were also reactionary, trading up from 32 to 12 for Jamison. That was wild. I was not expecting that. I thought that was definitely a quarterback pick. Yeah, it seemed very likely they were going up there to get Everybody thought that, so... Every pick, I was like, oh, okay. Okay, here we go. No, no, never happening. All right, so that concludes our top eight there. Olave at eight, Williams at seven, uh, Garrett Wilson at six, Straylon Burks at five, London at four, and then the top three, obviously. Here, I'm torn between breaking Henry's heart and... Can't break my heart either way. Yeah, he's happy with either of those. Mm. I'm very thrilled. Ten is the best spot in this draft. Yeah, have someone else make the tough decision. I'm torn between Christian Watson and James Cook here. Christian Watson almost first-round draft capital, so they almost got Rodgers, say, first-round wide receiver. (laughs) Gushed over him on previous episodes. I certainly did. Yep. Yeah, I had a very happy Green Bay Packer fan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Rightfully so. A lot of Green Bay Packers fans were not very happy for most of the first round as the Packers proceeded to select defensive players instead of a wide receiver. (laughs) thinking that they weren't going to get a stud, but lo and behold, they get Christian Watson there. I'm going to go ahead and say that Christian Watson gets the pick here. I mean, he was a guy that when we were talking about him, a lot of it depended on landing spot capital. We liked his profile, obviously, Mm -hmm. this different competition, things like that. And then he gets the capital and he gets the landing spot. So it does make sense that we're taking him there. Yeah, he was certainly someone I was thrilled with. If you listen to previous shows where he had the profile of DK Metcalf, I mean, the height, the weight, the speed, burst, agility scores. I mean, everything about this guy was unreal to me. Then you watched him play, and it was this guy was open every single play. It was just a matter of North Dakota State running the ball and not having a great quarterback after Lance left in the COVID season and everything. Obviously goes pick 34 there to Green Bay, Rodgers' number one target. Again, I was talking to uh, Mike earlier today. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know that Watson is a downgrade from Devontae Adams, and that's going to be outlandish to 98% of people, I'm sure, but I don't think it should be i really don't faster he's faster he's a better athlete better receiver (laughs) bold prediction i think watson's gonna go even higher than we have him here in a lot of drafts i saw him go as high as 104 i was a bit shocked yeah i could see the argument i I definitely think his landing spot couldn't have been any better no we talked about that too that whoever went to green bay we were automatically gonna love them yeah we just happened to be one guy we already loved But he needed those last two things for us to really go in on him. I'm just happy there were there were no chairs thrown in my house this year. Like I was a little nervous because they were going not wide receiver there in the beginning. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna get ugly. Like we're going right back down old Green Bay. Like every year they're just completely disappointed in all the picks. And then he 
was so excited when they picked. He's like, no, no, I love this pick. I love it. I'm like, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> Christian Watson was the standout of the senior bowl. I mean, him and Malik Willis, who obviously fell precipitously in the draft. But Christian Watson was winning every one-on-one competition with any DB they put up. It just erased every question about level of competition for most NFL GMs. I was surprised he wasn't a first-rounder. I know when I said that on a previous show, like, that's going to raise a lot of eyebrows. I mean, we would say that to some of our uh, cohorts and a couple group chats, and they're like, you know, we don't like Christian Watson or you know we have sky more over him even and it's like man i don't know what's not to love but that brings us to the 110 and this is where i have another tear break personally james cook dalvin cook's younger brother goes in the second round pick 63 i believe to the buffalo bills might be off by a pick or two there but awesome spot i mean people were talking about the bills possibly taking breach hall at 25 and they would have been over the moon if they took breach hall and a lot of people thought you know maybe they're going to be in play for isaiah spiller and would have been thrilled with that and i think people are coming around on it with james cook getting that same spot they should be equally thrilled best receiving back in the class for my money he's a little undersized want to say 510 190 a little lighter than you'd like to see for some rbs an instant upgrade over devin singletary and certainly zach moss in my book you know one of the top five offenses in football undisputedly they have digs and that's about it as far as receivers go i mean gabe davis so he could be very involved in the receiving game i like it i love it I want some more of it. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, he's, been a, he's been a very big riser for us. I mean, yeah, when you get second-round capital as a running back and you land on the Bills, one of the uh, running back rooms that we really wanted to see somebody hit in, that's going to jump him up draft boards. I mean, he's got a decent size to him. He's got the pass-catching ability, and he's got an exciting offense that he's a part of. Yeah. Definitely moves him up to running back three for me. Oh, certainly. And I love getting that kind of value towards the tail end of this round once we get past the, that next-tier receivers. I think it's a great spot for him. He's one of the few running backs that I even want. The other running backs, I'm like, decent play decent spot not great capitals like crowded rooms he's like the clear guy to me oh definitely we got in some discussions before the draft about you know who the rb3 was going to be and it just seemed like a, a gray area to me and now he's cemented himself oh definitely it was definitely a gray area i mean everybody was set on spiller but not testing pro day we all suspected he was going to fall on the draft i didn't expect him to fall that far but he did yeah I think I jokingly said, like, Spiller's my RB10 yeah. or something pre-draft. Like, just as a troll to Murphy in the group chat at one point, he went RB9, and I was like, <laughs> so that's pretty low. It was. I mean, the other guys are really darty. I mean, they're in situations where maybe they can carve out a role. Spiller on the Chargers maybe carves out an early down role. I know Eckler ran the ball, like, at least 70 carries more than he ever has. Had, like, double his career yards rushing. Yeah. Hit an outlier number of touchdowns. Maybe they don't want to rely on a 27-year-old back that much next year and kind of use him more where he's better in the receiving role. And that's with all of the guys that we're going to, you know, end up hitting later on in the draft. All right. The queen, the floor, and the sky are all yours to discuss this next bit. Ah, all right. I got the 111 and I am super excited. If I couldn't get Watson, I'm surely okay with the sky is the limit on this guy, Sky Moore. I am taking Sky Moore at the 111. This is a guy who's going to come in and show you that top talent is not an issue, even though he was a Western Michigan guy. I think landing spot, when we talk about landing spot, you couldn't ask for a better landing spot. We're all going to be going Tyreek who when we see Sky Moore with Mahomes throwing to him. Why? Why are you laughing at me? No? No, no. That, that's a great take. Keep going. Why are you laughing at me? 
Scorching hot. Hot takes. Hot takes. She's on fire. Some people really agree with you. I saw him go as early as like 107 in a draft. I saw him go over a couple of these earlier receivers. I've seen Sky Moore go early too. I mean, you got to realize that, I mean, it's only the Sunday after the draft. I've already got like 20 going right now. And several are way past the first round at this point. So we have a lot of guys, especially, uh, you know, people that aren't in as many leagues that don't follow it as much that, you know, happen to be in the leagues that have the early drafts. They see Kansas City. They see wide receiver. There were a few spots where Sky Moore could have gone where his future could have been partly cloudy, but it's <laughs> it's completely sunny for Sky Moore. <laughs> You're such a dork. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. Anyway, I'm thrilled with my pick, the 111. Let's move on to the 112. What do we got, Papa? Uh, we got the last in a tier for me. This is I'm gonna go ahead and uh, kind of end these wide receivers with decent draft capital here. Love the pick. Yeah, I'm gonna take Dawson. Mm. People think he went a little bit early to Washington. That's probably true, but he still did get early first-round capital. We are decently high on him pre-draft. I mean, not as high as the other guys, but once we start getting into the early second, now we're getting into wide receivers with worst capital, worst situations. I think he's immediately the second wide receiver on that team. Could potentially even take over for Terry McLaurin as number one target. Washington's got the best quarterback they've had in years, and that's kind of crazy to say because it's Wentz. I know everyone's lower on Wentz now, and, I mean, he was actually pretty good last year for fantasy. A lot of people tend to forget that. They also don't see him as like bridge quarterback. They kind of see him more as like a quarterback that can actually be there for a few years, which is exciting. Maybe he can build a nice repetition with these guys. After this, it kind of gets a little dartier for me. That's kind of the end of my first rounds here there. Yeah, I think it's very interesting to note that he went higher than Traylon Burks in the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. The reason the Saints were able to trade up to 11 is because Washington slid back from 11 to 16. So clearly Dotson was their guy, it would appear. You know, the Saints called him and they probably said, we're willing to trade it to you, but who are you going to take? And who knows if they told them the truth, what exactly happened. But that's a common conversation that will happen when teams are trading picks. And they felt very comfortable getting Dotson there. And speedster out of Penn State, so interesting. Before the NFL draft, I had Watson, Sky Moore, and Dotson in a really similar tier. A lot of these positions kind of shook up outside of the top end of the running backs. The wide receivers here in the top range, the tiers still shook out pretty close to how we had them before the draft with London, Burks, and Wilson there at the top with Jamison Olave afterwards, and then a tier of Watson, Sky Moore, and Dotson afterwards. So I don't hate it. Dotson going in the first round makes it seem like he's a better value here at the 112, especially when we've already picked second rounders like Christian Watson, James Cook, and Sky Moore. But I like their landing spots more than Dotson, and I like their profiles just as much. So I have no problem with this order. Me personally, I would probably be taking a stab at one of these quarterbacks. And even without the draft capital, a lot of these hopeful spots that these quarterbacks would land, they ended up going there anyways. It just happened to be, you know, two or three rounds after when we thought it was going to happen. So, like, with Ritter, oh, he's got a first-round grade by all NFL teams. Well, apparently if the Steelers didn't have Pickett there, they would have taken Ritter. So, Ritter goes off the board to ATL. The team isn't that great, but they did add Drake London. Matt Corral goes to Carolina. We knew Darnold was getting replaced. They straight up told him before the draft. Obviously, the faller and Malik Willis landing behind Tannehill, the most established starter of the three. So, for me, 
This part is still up for debate and I'm not 100% sure, though I kind of feel like I have these three as a tier here before I start taking the remaining wide receivers and running backs. I think as of right now, I'm probably going Matt Corral, even though I would like him just as much as Desmond Ritter at this moment. Eating at the Golden Corral. In case you haven't caught onto the order here, it does go Iowa and myself, Henry. And uh, our resident queen, and then Mike. So Iowa left me with a bit of a dilemma here because I think I would have taken the other two quarterbacks over the one that he selected. I don't know if I would have taken the other two. I mean, I, I like Corral probably about as much as Ritter as far as their landing spots. All, all of their capital is horrible. That this is that's not capital you're looking for in a quarterback. Mills got better capital, and we were taking him in the third or fourth round. <laughs> yep, Kellen Mond. It's just we like these athletic profiles, and Mond too. Yeah, Trask. You know, yeah, but Trask last year third fourth round late yeah eight quarterbacks went before the second one this year mike always the dream killer i, I mean <laughs> you gotta be a little realistic i mean at this point he's the realist he's the realist of the group I mean, 32 <laughs> nfl teams pass on these guys three plus times so we really need to go ahead and think about that i mean I'd, i'm definitely throwing darts at these guys in the second round of the super flex league but as far as the order of them no yeah. Henry, you just sniped me. Well, <laughs> if you're a value-based drafter, apply that to the NFL draft. If you look around the room and everyone doesn't want these QBs, even if you kind of want them and you know everyone else isn't going to want them, you can wait on them. Like, you know, you love this player like Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> doesn't mean you have to take him in the eighth round where you actually would like him if he's an 11th round ADP. Mm -hmm. You know, you can take him in the 10th. Maybe. So maybe some of that happened here with the quarterbacks, almost like a smile, a wink and a nod between all the different teams where it's like, we're not taking a quarterback until, you know, late third. I don't know exactly what the deal is. I, I'm surprised if everyone was really that far off or if everyone just realized that they didn't care which of these QBs they got. So as long as there were still a couple of them on the board, they weren't going to take one. So when nobody took one and no one took one and no one took one, these QBs fell further and further and further. I think that's definitely a possibility i mean i was thinking that, that as well as i was watching the draft i'm like you know maybe all these guys had picket as their clear one and they had the other four guys like in a tier together they were kind of like playing a game of chicken and waiting to see who let's see when the next guy goes then we can kind of trade in and get our next guy and kind of get a good value at it and then nobody took them think if you really had a first round grade in any of the quarterbacks you'd take them before pick 74 at some point it's this backup offensive lineman the move here or the guy that we think could be a franchise quarterback I, they could still very much still like these quarterbacks and a bit of it is probably due to having no real preference between the three i mean i'm sure they all had a preference they spent so much time scouting these guys and people love to pound their chest and be like this guy's the guy those guys suck and this guy's awesome and no one did that i mean like we said with Pitt Pittsburgh, supposedly they would have taken Ritter at 20, and I've, I mean, no one else was willing to take him. That's wild to me. So here we are, the 202, after Matt Corral goes off the board at 201, uh, between Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter for me, and another name or two, but I will go Malik Willis here, and the reason I like him over Ritter and Corral, if I don't need a potential week one fill-in starter, is the Falcons and the Panthers both project to be pretty bad teams this year, and they could be in the market again next year for another rookie quarterback they didn't get a ton of capital and everything like that and the titans currently have Tannehill. and if you watch the playoff game against the Bengals, there was no reason that he threw two of those three picks other than poor decision making and lack of 
extreme talent. So they take Willis. Tannehill has an out after the year. Seems like a team that needs a long-term solution at quarterback and the most well-run organization of the three, in my opinion, currently. Thanks, Henry. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And obviously, most people thought Willis was going to be a top 10 pick, so the fact that he's there at 86, if you, if you liked him pre-draft, it's a little crazy that he's here. He just took him to snipe me. Don't let him fool you. Yeah, big Liberty fan and uh, the noble G. Oh, so moving on to me, I guess. <laughs> well, since Henry just took my man. <laughs> yeah, watch, watch out, Craig. Yeah, Craig. You better he better watch out. He's been taking your man. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to get a new man. I guess I will go with Ritter. After all of those wonderful things Henry had to say about him. He sounds so enticing here. Just hoping for the best over there in Atlanta, which that is me really trying to be optimistic because I'm just not sure Atlanta's got what it takes this coming year, next year. So Ritter was, what, picked in the third round? He was the second pick quarterback off the board, and he gets Drake London at pick eight. So those are positives for sure. He was. He was. All right. Well, I'm going to pick him and hope for the best. I don't know. Do we think he's going to play over Marcus Mariota, or we think Marcus Mariota is going to start the season? At some point in the year, he will take over. Probably. I think because so, Because it too. is Marcus Mariota. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the biggest deciders between him and Malik for me personally, where I like Malik a lot and he could be the starter, I think as like early as next year, unless Tennessee sucks. And if you listen to our previous pods, we talked that we think Tennessee has a good chance to at least be in competition to win that division, if not win that division. So if they're doing well and they're doing that with Tannehill, the odds of them switching to Malik, it could be Lance all over again, as far as that goes. Now, is he more Lance as far as value or is he more like Hertz where Hertz gets drafted in like the second round we were taking Hertz in rookie drafts at the end of seconds early thirds because he was behind an established starter in Wentz in Philadelphia so Malik Willis here going at the beginning of the second not a bad spot as far as I'm concerned it's it's one spot different than where I would have him in the ranks but already with drafts kicking off I've seen him going in the first and I think that's just too soon for someone who might not even play at all this year at least when there's all these other decent guys. Malik is is one of those prime taxi spot type guys. A guy who the franchise likely brought on thinking he will be starter next year. So this is a guy who can prime on your taxi squad. Situational on your, your fantasy rosters if you're looking for a guy who might actually get playing time this year. Malik would fall maybe a little later. Maybe you'd be picking Ritter in that spot. Is that a good... <sighs> So each of these QBs are going to be, we're going to roll the calendar for 11 months, and we're going to be worried that each of these are going to be replaced next year. I'm not sure that these third round picks are above replacement by a stud if they get the appropriate capital in the appropriate spot for a quarterback next year. So... Yep, you can stash them on your taxi. Maybe it works out for you next year, but there's there's definitely some risk involved there. But as far as why they fell, I think like when you're looking at prehistorical information, like it's an analytics ran world now. So, you know, in previous years, even if the quarterbacks sucked, the top couple quarterbacks still went in the first round. 
the bad teams always need quarterbacks. Maybe that's part of the reason why bad teams stay bad. But now with analytics and everyone using the same like value chart and whatnot where all the teams have, maybe it's just everyone understood the value that these guys weren't as good as something that might be deserved of a first round pick. It's also worth noting that none of these teams had a dire need for a starting quarterback. They all had somebody that could play the position, maybe if put in the right situation. Even Carolina has Darnold. He looked really good at the beginning of the year. Team kind of broke down after that, but maybe they kind of hoping they, they got that. Seattle, Locke, another guy. Didn't look great in Denver, but he could definitely run a team. He could definitely run a run-first offense there. Mariota, uh, Trubisky, all guys that they could definitely put as week one starters. They didn't have, you know, like the Bucks with Tom Brady retiring, and then really nothing, no one really had any kind of significant time behind him. Yeah, former 10th overall pick, Mizzou product, Blaine Gabbert, and the second rounder, Trask. I think they would have been all right, but certainly looking to upgrade over those guys. Iowa, you said something really interesting to me about the quarterback's potential getting replaced next year, and that's kind of been my mental tiebreaker. The Panthers and the Falcons will be worse teams and potentially have a better chance to get one of the better quarterbacks next year. So that's kind of been my thought process when I'm taking Willis. I'm like, I think long-term that he has the best chance to get it done just because they have the least likely possibility to add anyone so if they're picking in the late first next year the good quarterbacks are gone malik will's job is safe yeah that's kind of my hope right that's how i'm rationalizing it to myself because i can't find much of another tiebreaker i think atl's worse than carolina i think carolina could be a decent team too if they have mccaffrey healthy Darnold with mccaffrey was a really good team i mean they started off really great last year keep mccaffrey on the field they have a good they have a decent young defense that could be another that could be a team that finishes later than tennessee even i know you were high on corral mm-hmm. yeah. i hope they can pull it out <laughs> <laughs> there we go again i had to <laughs> i had to yeah. it was the only spot <laughs> what tennessee were relying on a 27 year old running back 28, 28 now. now holy then <laughs> we have robert mm-hmm. woods mm-hmm. coming off an acl a 30 year old receiver and then a rookie receiver that's supposed to replace aj brown six games a year mm-hmm yeah, they could be worse than expected for sure. Yeah, it just it's not a lot that they finish better than Carolina, I don't think. So I think you can make the same argument that you're making to take Malik for Corral as well. All right. Let's see if we can get back-to-back pierces here. I'd pierce my heart. That's a piercing situation. <laughs> no, I'm going to go in a different direction, actually. I got this a little bit different than you guys. Thank goodness. If you played in Debbie Leagues, you know this guy. Uh, he started off great. He was very highly ranked. High-star recruit. Injury concerns. Character concerns. I'm going to take George Pickens here. I think he has as much upside as any of the guys that we took in the first round. And a guy with character concerns kind of falling into the second round of the draft. Love that he landed in Pittsburgh. Mm. Obviously a crowded wide receiver room. Question marks a quarterback right now. But I think if anybody can get that guy back on track, it would be Mike Tomlin. And if he can and kind of takes on a role on that team, I think he could be fantastic. He's the pickings of the litter. <laughs> Iowa, Iowa couldn't commit to laughing. So bad. Mm. Mm. No, that was good. You got the silent head shake. You gave me a mm. Mm. I hate the landing spot for George Pickens because I like Claypool. I have no problem with Deontay Johnson. Obviously, they're going to have to deal with a rookie quarterback or Mitch Trubisky. I don't know. Boy, man, that's just not great. Do you like Pat Fryermuth? Do you like catches for Najee Harris? Man, I think it's slim pickings for George Pickens. 
It probably is, and he's probably not going to go ahead and have the rookie year some of these other guys are going to have. But I think past that, I you know maybe Deontay's gone soon. Maybe I, I think he can carve out a really nice role in that offense. Now, yeah, all that with a grain of salt. And George Pickens, we we talked about him before, has some uh, prestige to go with him as far as being liked for a while. Uh, did fall a little later than what people thought he was going to go. There were some guys that were picked above him where I was just really surprised. Tyquan Thornton to name one. Yeah. Went before him and Sky Moore and uh, Wondell Robinson as well. The character issues will do that. Potential if the character issues end up being nothing then that might be a steal. Oh, and with that, I'm on the clock. Uh, I'm looking two pierces in the face. I'm <laughs> giving them piercing glares. I like Isaiah Spiller landing in with the Chargers. We talked about that previously. Damian Pierce landed with the Houston Texans. So we knew whatever running back landed there, we are going to like them to a, some degree, depending on their draft capital and who they were. Well, this is one of the guys that we were at least kind of watching to see where they went, not someone we were super high on to begin with. So he lands there with Mac. I'm probably I think the odds are better that Damian Pierce is better than Mac at this point at least. Even wearing the Colts jersey goes against it. Yep, 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 yep. I, I might just wear a different one each pod, but yep, <laughs> that for this one and for that one I will hate on Marlon Mack because I think this affects Marlon Mack negatively in getting Damian Pierce. I think he has a chance to be the main dude there, but I like him one less, one spot less than than my next election my guy Alec Pierce <laughs> who landed with the Colts I this is one of my favorite landing spots for a wide receiver you know we knew we or at least I had been told on multiple occasions in a uh, harsh manner that Paris Campbell was in flames <laughs> and they selected Alec Pierce and this is not they didn't just select Alec Pierce this is a yep 53rd overall one pick before Sky Moore who I mm-hmm. really don't understand why people like I think he was like the wide receiver 13 off the board in the NFL draft yep so love the landing spot we like the player we were a little worried that maybe it all didn't add up to someone who would get that kind of draft capital but second round for a wide receiver is pretty good as long as he doesn't turn out to be terrace marshall i'm i'm doing well you have no uh foot injury concerns like terrace had yeah mm-hmm. terrace <laughs> yeah, Papa and I are uh, holding the bag on Terrace a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I've actually, I mean, I've gotten some value back for him. I've actually still even traded for him somehow. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look great when you have like 150 yards your rookie year, and your biggest competition is like Robbie Anderson. Yeah, DJ Moore for sure as well. Well, yeah, he was. I mean, that wasn't his competition. He wasn't taking DJ Moore's spot. <laughs> I told you he wasn't taking Robbie's. No. <laughs> I mean, Robbie didn't really do anything either. So, yep, he had the old Galladay season though. Yeah, that that whole team was just. <laughs> okay, number of yards and no touchdowns. That'll we call that getting Darnold. But uh, yeah, Pierce don't really have any competition over there. All right. Well, Iowa kept alluding to the fact that I might take a Pierce here. And pre-draft, we did a lot of rookie mocks, and I was taking James Cook and Damian Pierce over Isaiah Spiller, much to the chagrin of my co-host here. Um, I don't know if I, if I'm necessarily in love with the fourth-round capital and the Houston landing spot, just with how bad they project to be as a team this year, and then maybe they add someone next year and you're just sitting there with a fourth round rookie running back like Michael Carter golly I don't know there's anyone that I love at receiver over him right now and you're kind of just hoping for the upside looking at a couple Houston Texans I guess I'll take Damian Pierce I 
think he's a great bowling ball of a running back. I want to say he was, what, 5'10", 215. Certainly got a lot more weight to him than James Cook does. Doesn't profile to be the receiving back that Cook does. Like you said, Matt coming off the Achilles. Gosh, where was Mac out of originally? FIU, something like that. Yep, Florida. Florida International. And Damian Pierce, another Florida guy as well. Yeah, you're just playing the, the dart throw game here. Yeah, it gets really not exciting this year after like that early second round even. I mean, even before then. It's, I mean, last year we were kind of like, you know, these guys all make sense. And this year it's kind of fallen together a little different. We're kind of like throwing guys with decent capital, decent landing spots in places that maybe we didn't like things about them pre-draft, but then they get early capital, maybe a decent landing spot. It's a little different than it has been. A set of piercings off the board here. (laughs) I like it. My turn. Pick 207 in a rookie draft here. 207. Yeah. I am going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers selection of Isaiah Spiller. So we're looking for guys who might have possible upside at this point. Eckler in uh, at, with the Chargers right now. So Spiller's going to come in and join him. I don't know. I guess at this point, we're just hoping for the best that he might come in and have uh, some work on his hands alongside of Eckler. I mean, I, I do love the landing spot, not the capital and how far he fell. Like I said it earlier, I mean, Eckler had a lot more carries. I mean, he had like almost 70 carries more than his career max. He had a ton of yards, a ton of touchdowns. And the reason for that is because Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree just couldn't get it done on the early down. So they weren't able to really use Eckler in the role that he was used to. And at 27 years old, I just can't see them doing that again with him. And if Spiller can go ahead and handle those early downs and can actually produce and actually do things, then he's going to get them. So I I really think that's a great dart thrower late in the second. But I don't think he'll be there in most of your drafts. Yep. People are loving him because pre-draft he was often going in late first. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad about that pick. Thank you for going Pearson. Pearson, I'll take Spiller. I like it. Another running back. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we're taking guys that can fall into decent landing spots. There's not really a better landing spot to fall in than Tampa Bay. Rashad White, I mean, obviously you have Fournette above him. Anytime you have a Brady offense, that anybody who can take down like a third down role could be a decent high upside piece. He's a little older than the, old, the other backs that came in this year, but if he can take Carb out a third down roll on that team i think he's a value in the late second yes all right we heard iowa breathe a sigh of relief there for his next selection yes because i just wanted to be the one to pick david bell you were going to like Yes. Is that why? Because I got to do my song? Yep. Heaven's bells rang when David <laughs> Bell got third round draft capital. Day two draft cut. Late third. Draft capital. Hey. And he got my song. I'll take it in any shape, size, or color. Thank you, David Bell. How's the color brown sound? Well, it's uh, better than a day three color, whatever that <laughs> might have been. But obviously, OBJ gone, Landry gone. It's, you know, they got Schwartz there. They uh, uh, traded for Cooper. So someone else is going to be there. And if you like Watson and you think he's going to throw for a ton of yards, he has to throw a ton of yards to somebody. And day two, draft capital, David Bell. It was scary after that weak combine performance and the fact that, you know, he isn't really just super fast or super big. He's just, you know, he's just a good football player. 
and I'm, I'm happy with the landing spot because it makes it where I can take him here, which is what, 5, 4, 20, pick 21, late second. I'll take it. I like it. This is a guy that was one of the top eight wide receivers picked in C2C startups last year. Obviously, the combine just absolutely killed him, but then draft capital came back, and at least the Cleveland Browns believe in him enough to pay that for him. So here he sits on this mock draft team and probably a lot of rookie draft rosters as well. He's the Lazarus of the rookie draft, dead and resurrected. Yes. All right, well, with the effectively the two o or the two ten rather, uh, I'm gonna go the South Alabama star Jalen Tolbert. He got earlier capital than David Bell, and for my money, a better landing spot. Give me Dak Prescott. It's questionable if Watson will play much this year. How many games he gets suspended is yet to be determined. Gallup is going to miss time with the torn ACL that he tore at the end of the season last year, presumably, or at least be hobbled a little bit. Tolbert offers decent size at 6'3", 190. He posted a lot of pictures trying to mimic DK Metcalf, and people were kind of laughing because, you know, obviously he's not as big as DK, but he is very shredded. Cowboys liked what they saw out of him. Again, you're playing the, the offense game, the quarterback game with a lot of these receivers and Dallas is a great spot. Well, I like Tolbert as well, especially with Gallup coming off of injury. It could be sneaky. Yep. And with Cooper gone, he could be something. It, it makes sense. I would hope he'd be maybe a little bit more, you know, as far as his body matured than David Bell being almost two years older than David Bell. I'd still like Tolbert, especially with the draft capital. If Jerry likes you, you're going to get an opportunity. Certainly. I think they were a little upset they didn't get Trey Lombard's Arkansas. Obviously, Jones got a lot of love for them mm -hmm. that was a, a common mock thing right people are going to be very excited about Traylon Burks and Dallas and like you said there Cooper gone maybe Gallup slots into the number two spot behind Lamb but perhaps not at the beginning of the year and maybe Gallup is the three behind Tolbert probably not right away but good capital for sure possibility of some real relevancy there and you're getting it here at the end of the second round i like it it was interesting that you said you prefer dak over watson like watson's going to be suspended indefinitely which basically means forever no not indefinitely for sure not definitely indefinitely definitely indefinitely <laughs> definitely indefinitely definitely maybe yeah. as a free shout out <laughs> i definitely prefer to be tied to watson even if he is suspended for six or eight games might give him a little slow of a start but it's not necessarily that i prefer Dak over Watson. It's just proof of concept in the offense. We know what Dallas's offense is going to do and be, and that they're going to be very pass-happy, going to try to put up 40 points a game. Whereas Cleveland, albeit with Mayfield, seemed to be a run-first offense. Maybe that works out well for one of the receivers. I just also think they're way more likely to add one of these free agents still lurking around. That makes sense. Especially William Fuller the fifth. <laughs> Oh, no, they can't nugget Landry. <laughs> Super serious William Fuller yes. the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> He's not William. Sir William Fuller. <laughs> Talk about a rebrand. Yeah, here we go, the 2-11. All right, moving into the 2-11. Um, I am going to go with the guy that likely killed off any Nico Collins shares you may have had. Another torn ACL. John Mechie. Yeah, I got a really injured crew here. <laughs> John Mechie was out of Alabama. Yep. Heading to the Texans. So he joins Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins. Like I said, more than likely will be taking over where Nico Collins was. Doesn't look to be 
wide receiver one in Houston, but will likely have a nice spot as wide receiver two. So long as he comes back healthy, which I think he's on track for a possible return back in July. At uh, the 211, I'm going with John Mechie. He tore his two weeks before Jamison Williams tore his ACL. They weren't related. It was a good time to be an ACL. <laughs> yeah, all the Bama receivers just going down like flies. I was shocked that Mechie got the capital he did. What was it, pick 44 off the yeah, board in the NFL draft? Uh, I remember watching his tape and really wanting to like the guy, and I just thought he was slow and didn't create a ton of uh, separation. But wide receiver 9 off the NFL board obviously went before some of the other guys we've already drafted yeah. in Pickens, uh, Sky Moore, Alec Pierce. He went after the other Robinson. Jalen Tolbert. Yep, that he did. Yeah, Wandell. I ended up going with Brian Robinson here. I know we spoke about him previously. Super senior, Alabama, buried on the death chart. And we were kind of hoping he got some decent capital, decent landing spot. Well, he gets up with the commanders and the third round. Well, the super third round, really, we're kind of extends there. Yep. <laughs> super third round. It is the super third round. It was after. It is. There's so many compensatory picks. It's like there's an additional 15. Yeah, so it's like really a fourth round capital, but he was taken in the officially in the third round. Not the greatest landing spot, but Gibson does have a little bit of injury concerns. I know he played through most of them, but I mean, he missed drives, plays. Could definitely get an, an opportunity to take some carries away from him. Yeah, I'm curious we saw J.D. McKissick really thrive on pass game work there in Washington, and Gibson kind of handle the early downs. This move makes you wonder if Gibson's going to get more of the third down work. I mean, obviously Gibson's going to still be the primary ball carrier as a whole, but Brian Robinson is not necessarily a receiving back. So with that pick, it seems as if either he's just strictly a backup in their mind, or that he's going to take that work and Gibson's going to get the receiving work over McKissick. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. He's either... Which would be awesome for fantasy. <laughs> He's either a straight backup or, I mean, he could be taking some of that. He could even be taking some of that early down work, which Gibson owners won't be happy with. Yeah, and the goal line, especially with the, what is it, 6'2", 6'1", 225, definitely a, a big yeah, he, running back. Not that Gibson's oh, any no. slouch. Gibson's like 6'2", 230, yeah. He's a big, powerful dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neither running back has shown the ability to remain healthy mm -hmm. for an extended period of time. So I like it getting Brian Robinson there, someone who was mocked a little earlier than that pre NFL draft. And this isn't the worst spot. It's not a spot where I'm super confident that there's going to be playability initially, but if something were to happen to one of the other running backs, which has happened before. So maybe then something might be okay there. We're going to cut it off here at 2.12 here for today. But if we were to continue here, I'm curious a couple guys who you might want to let the listeners know before our next show that they should keep an eye out for. If... Brian Robinson was there. That's probably who I would have picked here if we had kept going. Another option would have been Zamir White, one of my favorites pre-draft. Didn't really get the best landing spot. Got the basically the landing spot that James Cook got. I would have liked Zamir White just as much as James Cook as far as where he went in this draft. But he didn't. He ended up behind Josh Jacobs, someone who I happen to like a decent amount. But it kind of maybe kills Kenyon Drake back there. But at the same time, Jacobs has been dinged periodically if Zamir White could be the main guy there. The line isn't bad. The offense isn't bad. The team isn't bad. Not a terrible spot to have a backup running back and has the appropriate upside as far as I'm concerned. And obviously, they declined Jacob's fifth-year option, so he's 
potentially gone after the season. Mm-hmm. There you go. That would be bad. I mean, running backs are kind of proving time and time again. It's just not worth putting the big money into them. They can just keep drafting them if they have the good system in place. A lot of it. I mean, there's a lot of talented running backs in the NFL. You got to stay on the field, and you have to have a good system, a good offensive line, a good offense in place, and you can kind of plug and play them in there. My super honorable mention is a guy that in our rookie drafts before the NFL draft, I would frequently take at the end of the third round. And I know I got a couple of raised eyebrows from the Twitter draft pundits that we would draft with. I'm taking Tyrion Davis Price. He gets third round capital over Brian Robinson. He was what, like the RB four or five drafted? I have it here in one second. He was the RB five off the board, only behind James Cook and obviously Rashad White, who we drafted. Goes to San Francisco. He's very young, still 21, and played at LSU. And the question for him was always consistency. Kind of similar to Sermon, who they drafted in the third round last year, where there were games where he looked borderline unstoppable. I mean, this guy would break off 20 yard run after 20 yard run and just fly. And then other plays that just seemed like he didn't care or just wasn't gonna try i know we wanted to talk a little bit about vets that are negatively affected by rookie picks very interesting what to do with elijah mitchell because last year we saw him be awesome when he would get 20 carries a game and was the clear bell cow for the niners and then here they go and add someone with significantly more capital than elijah mitchell got very similar to trey sermon capital i don't think it matters as much to them with the capital as you saw with elijah mitchell being later capital than sermon and sermon is just not getting it done yep they run a, a pretty big rotation in san francisco they have a lot of injuries i mean even their backups were injured elijah mitchell injured a lot last year sermon even injured a little bit jeff wilson they had mostert obviously he's not there anymore i think they need another running back in the rotation i still think elijah mitchell is the guy there it's can he play every week we're gonna see a lot of price though i think the jamichael hasty as well was often dinged i mean they, they sent carry on johnson at one point last year remember he was a waiver pickup that's how bad it got to your point mm-hmm. clearly need bodies we saw the patriots draft two running backs similar idea where it's just a stable of guys and i'm typically not a fan of having those guys for that reason let's say they do re-sign debo to a big deal they keep him there they're not going to want to go ahead and really throw him as probably as much in the backfield they're going to want to replace some of those touches as well mm. i mean i think that's how bad it was i don't think the plan was ever to keep putting debo in the backfield i just think that they didn't have a running back that they trusted enough to keep back there as much and jimmy hurt his shoulder as well i think people kind of overlooked that aspect of it when debo was running in the playoffs is jimmy like separated his throwing shoulder and so it was like hey let's manufacture touches give debo the ball on these jet sweeps just let him go to work because jimmy's not going to be able to do it for us i know a guy i'm looking at later in drafts definitely after these guys i know we had those block of quarterbacks we threw our darts at early in the second in this draft year i'd still be looking at sam howell he's going to go much later he got even worse capital high prospect such bad capital such bad capital but landing spot not horrible carson wentz maybe some question marks there he's a guy that can get in there and play if he's ever given the opportunity not a guy you're going to expect to take over or push him for the job right away as much as the other guys possibly could i think wentz is a much better quarterback than those other players but he definitely fell into a situation where he could become relevant take those guys first yeah one more if i could throw it in there tyler algier ended up on atl we were talking about how that's one of the sweetest spots for a running back to go well the best they got was tyler algier which isn't something that incites a whole lot of excitement so cordero patterson and mike davis both 
are probably getting a little bit of a bump post NFL draft because it was almost assumed that they would bring in somebody good. And that was kind of baked into their price ahead of time. I think both of them kind of get a little bit of a bump and maybe even Tyler Algier too, because if he ends up being the back that gets the most work there and Cordero Patterson plays wide receiver most of the time because they don't have any others, I can envision a scenario where he ends up being something you actually play on a week to week basis. I feel like this is where we cue staying alive, staying alive. Because <laughs> those guys are staying alive on your fantasy rosters. Yeah. They made it. Yeah, the wide receivers that we didn't mention, they got third round or better capital. Tyquan Thornton, the speedster, 428. For a moment, we thought it was 421. Not that fast. Curious, really, why no one's in on this guy. It's, you know, six foot two, 180. He's not Tyree Gill size. I mean, he's got some good size to him. The Patriots, we were talking, I know you like to talk about Mac Jones of you know, last year. He did really well and didn't have all that great of receivers. You know, they wanted to move on from Aguilar. And they added Devontae Parker. They have Bourne and Myers still there. But Thornton adds a much-needed speed dynamic to that team. Obviously, he was the wide receiver eight taken off the board. Just no one talked about him or drafts him, really. I mean, he's so far down there on ADP. He's right there with Vilas Jones, another guy who seriously walks into some good opportunity. Yep, it's fair. He was one of the surprises where we did a mock draft of 60 players right before the NFL draft, and Tyquan Thornton didn't get drafted. Vilas Jones probably didn't either, to be fair. And and that was my next statement, is that Vilas Jones was in. And neither did Danny Gray, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, no, definitely not Danny Gray. Definitely not Tristan Ebner. Definitely not Eric Ezukonma. <laughs> yeah, he got round four capital from the Dolphins. Interesting. Who's the for, guy uh, the Patriots? Yep, stuck? Cedric Wilson. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're still looking him up. <laughs> 180. 6'2", 180. That's yeah. better size than you would think for his speed. Yeah. Yeah, Cole Strange. Denver took Montrell Washington, who I knew absolutely nothing about. Romeo Dubs, an interesting name out of Nevada. He had like 1,100 yards last year with uh, Carl and strong and he's on the Packers could be the number two seriously we knew that any wide receiver that landed in Green Bay was going to be liked now typically Rogers doesn't like his rookie wide receivers gonna have to he doesn't have much of a choice yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm worried Rogers yep it, it makes sense but if like Christian Watson's hands are even like somewhat questionable and he throws to Romeo Dubs and he does what he's supposed to do and he's a yes, yes sir, yes sir, whatever you need, Rogers, sir. Roger, Roger. Yep, Roger, <laughs> Roger. Rogers. Discount double check on the Rogers, Rogers. <laughs> we knew that that wide receiver room is wide open and that anybody they put in there might have a chance. Now they still have Sammy Watkins, Mari Rogers. I wonder if he makes the week one roster. I really do. Sammy Watkins, no guaranteed money. Week one, he will make it. Just for week one. Watkins? Yeah, yeah, just week one. He's cut after week one. Well, I mean, like, even with dubs, he could not make the roster. I mean, it would be a surprise, but if there's guys I'm taking a stab on late, that's somebody who at least has the chance to, hey, Rodgers decides he likes this guy. That's all it's got to take. Our resident Giants fan, how do you feel about Wandale Robinson? Mm. Was the wide receiver eight off the board? That in was the NFL a big, big surprise. Does have a very similar profile to Tony where he's kind of an after-the-catch guy. I thought maybe that meant they might be trading Tony, which I really still, still don't might. think they're going to. It wouldn't 
made sense a lot last year with all the offensive line troubles and having to get the ball out of the Dimes' hands fast. But he's looking for an injury, which is very likely between Galladay, Shepard, and Tony. So he's going to see playing time. Yeah, and they don't have a ton of tight ends, so maybe some four receiver sets. Yeah, could do four receiver sets with kind of like a, maybe Tony and Wandale maybe on the inside kind of playing in there, getting the ball on a short route and taking it further. That would be great, but it was a little puzzling. I love their first two picks, though. Was it uh, the Paul Horning winner last year? The uh, Karen Williams as well? Sorry, Iowa, I think you wanted to ask him there on Wandale. Is Slayton still there? Yeah. I believe so. Fourth, fifth round pick out of Auburn. Good player, for sure. So, they have Slayton there. Shepard is always hurt, but Shepard's 28 or 29 or about to be 29. At least. Yeah, he's up there. Galladay has more pictures of him dancing on the internet <laughs> than touchdowns last year. So, there's a chance that maybe that ends up being something there. I like it. First skill position player taken by new GM, new head coach, new offensive coordinator. Maybe they have a role in mind for him. Definitely somebody I'd be watching. I mean, we're getting to the third round. Have we even taken him yet? Nope. nope. No. Probably about getting to the time where we take a guy that was taken early in the second by a new team like that. I think the really interesting one to me is the the Paul Horner winner last year for his versatility. Uh, played him in high school at Viani and went to Notre Dame. Had an excellent career. Did not test well. Undersized, underweight. Kyron Williams, he was a big faller from the combine. The Rams traded up for him. They made a big deal of like, he's still on the board. They don't have a lot of picks. He's currently, what, the number two running back in LA? I mean, they haven't resigned Michelle and I mean, Henderson maybe is the number two right now, but they typically have not liked Henderson. Yep, I think it's just a message of how much they hate Henderson. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the Rams, seriously, like, that offense... You know, Cam Akers still coming off Achilles. It's like... <laughs> it's like we could roll with Henderson or we could trade up for a guy who did this at the combine. Yeah, <laughs> Let's trade up for the guy who did this at the combine. What are they saying about Henderson? The, the yeah. not big, not fast guy. <laughs> <laughs> the undrafted SMU guy last year that they wanted to play over Henderson towards <laughs> Achilles. I've got two more and I'll touch on one and then I'll probably pass it back to Henry here. But Keontae Ingram landed on the Cardinals and we were kind of hoping maybe if some somebody landed there like even Brian Robinson that would have been like a great fit to go there with Connor well Keontae Ingram poor man's version maybe not great draft capital round six or whatever but someone who in the third fourth rounds of my drafts if he comes available he's someone who I think could end up being like kind of sneaky value not like his draft capital said he was going to be good but just basically based on landing spot his competition is Eno Benjamin so I like Keontae Ingram and then the other one is Tyler Beatty who we talked about on the previous pod someone who we like someone who is from a state where they make great podcasters uh henry do you have anything on this Beatty's a great guy um met him he's you know undersized for sure five eight I, I couldn't believe how shredded he was in person when i met him he was like five eight one eighty and he was just like sheer compact muscle you could just tell when like the guy walked or talked that he was like quick like i don't know what it was about him he just had like this weird sense of like sheer athleticism you get that feeling when you're around someone where you're kind of nervous and you're like this guy could could take me if he wanted to mm-hmm. i thought you were gonna throw it back to me for my high school teammate hassan haskins who to me was the shock of the fourth round that he got that early capital yeah i would have expected Beatty to go in the fourth and perhaps Hassan to go in the sixth. Very happy for him. One of the rare guys on sleeper to be underlisted and height weight. He's 6'2", 228. I mean, he put up 27 reps at 225. That's just like doing push-ups for him, I guess. He was not that big in high school. Looking big. Yeah, looking huge now. In high school, he was like <laughs> 5'10", 180. I don't know what kind of you know trend he was on, <laughs> but something happened there. Oh. 
<laughs> but landing spot. Yeah, landing spot. Great behind Derrick Henry. I mean, they obviously didn't resign Deonta Foreman. Got rid of the third round pick from Appalachian State, Darrington Evans to the Bears. And then Dontrell Hilliard. He's definitely the back of my mind. Last year, 270 carries for 1,300 yards and 20 touchdowns at Michigan. I mean, that's against Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska. I mean, that's against Big Ten schools. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the story that he's like some, you know, fast, great running back, but he played receiver in high school. He's got better hands than you think. Uh, Tyler Beatty, though, landing in Baltimore. Interesting. I like it because of the injury concerns of Dobbins and Gus Edwards, where just by process of elimination, he could have some fantasy value. I mean, even without the injuries, he'll probably get some fantasy value. He's going to end up getting carries on that team. They do a big rotation there. That's why a lot of people are kind of lower on Dobbins, because I think they're kind of figuring that out, even though we knew this all along. I, I don't know what happened in between. I like it. Noble, do you have any questions for us? Uh, any strong questions? The pressure. <laughs> Strong. <laughs> no tight ends. Yeah. That doesn't. Pierre Strong. So, what do you guys think about kickers? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Man, we saw several drafted. That was interesting. Yep. Yeah, we saw kickers and punters drafted and not Justin Ross. What about tight end? No players from Texas. Yeah, tight end. McBride got second-round capital, and we haven't yeah. taken him. I'm sure he's going to be going in the second round of a lot of people's rookie drafts. Yeah. Still behind Ertz for two years. Yeah, yeah, they just signed Ertz to a contract. You guys are not big on drafting tight ends in rookie drafts. Is McBride a good tight end in a late, like say you got a rookie draft that goes, I don't know, five rounds or so. Or full tight end premium. Yeah, yeah. Are you taking him? What is the circumstance you would take him in? Here's the thing with McBride is we just did two rounds. He's gone already in most drafts. Even non-tight end premium, he's probably gone. And that's too early. Yeah. So you think he will get drafted? Okay. So people are going to take him. So for me to end up with him, he's going to have to fall to player 35 in a non-tight end premium league. And not much higher if it was tight end premium. Someone who I like almost as much, if not better, is Jelani Woods, who we talked about previously. Hmm. Landing on the Colts there. You talked about Mo Cox, big blocking tight end. <laughs> Gigantor. Well, Jelani Woods is big. Gigantor with speed and athleticism. Six seven two sixty five. <laughs> that is really huge. That's a big even big. For being that fast, he's he's awfully athletic. So if there's someone who could just maybe surprise and as a rookie be decent, his only competition is, you know, Kylan Granson, who was barely used last year, and then Big Mo. Big Mo. What's his 40-yard dash? Eight steps? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he goes fast because he doesn't need to. We're going to start measuring 40s in steps. <laughs> I think the tight end you didn't mention that is probably my favorite is Greg Dol- Dolchich for the Broncos. You got third round capital. That's what two rounds before Quigbenam went a couple years ago. Obviously, Quigbenam has played very well when he's played. He's certainly faster and bigger than uh, Dolchich, but he was a receiving tight end in college out of SMU, I believe. Uh, UCLA. They trade away Noah Fant. It's going to be someone. And Russell Wilson historically has not used his tight end that much, but it's a good offense. You know, it's a tight end ambiguous spot. I mean, he made his tight ends fantasy relevant. People were still adding them. It's He'd never had a, a an actual top tight end. Well, Jimmy Graham, when they traded Max Unger in a second-round pick for him, and he kind of killed Jimmy Graham for a while, it seemed. 
you know, chicken or egg there. Well, Greg Dolchich is last year's Albert O. Albert O. Mizzou product, by the way. If he's last year's Albert O, that's not something you're really playing. No. Something that's kind of cool to have and maybe hope for the future for. So the initial impression that I just don't want tight ends in this class will probably ring true considering Trey McBride is probably going to be gone in the second rounds, and that's not where I'm going to take him. So just good chance I'm probably not going to end up with him. Yeah, these guys will all be overdrafted probably by our standards. The Giants added a guy in, what, Daniel Bellinger? Mm-hmm. Like no competition. Yeah, San Diego State, and then the Buccaneers, if Gronkowski doesn't come back, added Kate Otten early fourth round. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kolar from Iowa State both went to Baltimore. Gotta get those three tight end sets to block for Dobbins. Wild. <laughs> Nick Boyle back. Nick or Nate Nick Boyle, I think, back. Definitely a blocker. Curious if uh, the Ravens just run one wide receiver sets. It's definitely something they've done in the past. One of the few teams. Five wide receiver sets? <laughs> Five tight end sets. <laughs> That's what I meant, yeah. yeah. Bateman's big. Bateman, I mean, he's not, you know, the 6'3 they had him listed at pre-draft, but <laughs> the 6'5, whatever it was. Yeah, they traded away Hollywood. Yeah, curious what they do at receiver. If uh, OBJ goes there or someone. I mean, they, Bateman and DuVernay. They seemingly have to add. DuVernay's a punt returner. Yeah. He, he's a good player, he's a but player. they, they got to add. All right. Sounds like sounds like I was banging the table for us being out of time. I agree. <laughs> We're tapping out. It's a lot of information in one podcast. We'll let the listeners do on all of this information. Tapping, signing, and pulling out. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Henry. Taking yep. my lines. <laughs> yep. And desk banging and everything. <laughs> yeah, this is a good one, you guys. <laughs> exciting. (laughs) Well, I definitely hope that our listeners got lots of valuable information. As always, we thank you for listening to the Rank Draft Trade podcast, where we try to bring you as much valuable information to make all of your fantasy dreams come true. (laughs) As always, I'm your host, Gina Noble. You can find me on Twitter at NobleG underscore FF with the little at sign in front. <laughs> yeah. You gotta draw it out too. Oh, uh, stealing his lines. I did. I forgot to say it, so I was like, ooh, I'm gonna take Papa's line. <laughs> uh anyway, uh Mike, speaking of Papa, tell them where they can find you. At underscore Papa Bearclaw on Twitter. Or just Papa Bearclaw on Sleeper. Henry, where are they finding you? Well you can either hit shift and two on your keyboard or <laughs> go to the numbers on your phone and then find the the little A with a circle around it and little cursive A looking thing. And then at Clairvoyance FF on Twitter. It's not a Z or a J. You guys are always making fun of my Z's and J's. Arizona Cardinals with Zach Birch. <laughs> For those of you who have no idea what they're talking about, when I write my Z's out, I write them in cursive, which apparently neither of them know how to make an appropriate well, you put the Z. dot above the Z. Yeah. Yeah, Chamir White. Chamir. Chamir White. You guys, my handwriting is very nice. I will not take this harassment from you. What about Jaquandre White? <laughs> Jack Moss. They don't even teach real cursive in school anymore. <laughs> Jack Moss. Anyway. Nick James, where are they finding you? Nick James. <laughs> Nick, Nick, <laughs> Nick James, where are they finding you? 
Yeah, I, I know you're just zoking, but uh, <laughs> if you're looking for me, I'm at Iowa in the NFL on Twitter. And if you're looking for the podcast, it is at Rank Draft Trade on Twitter as well. If you're on board now, it's like being one of the cool kids where you're on board before everyone else is on board. Super appreciative and thankful for all the listens and everyone who's hanging in there with us here. Tune to next time and we'll, we'll go deeper into more of these rookies as we, you know, swim our way through rookie draft season. I'm not going to have to worry about getting fired because I quit. You guys make fun of my Z's. Yeah. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Rub some dirt on it. Don't mess with the Zohan Dotson. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Same old. See the abuse I put up with. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Peace. Later. Good night. Fabulous.